we'll dive into conversations about food, fitness, stress, career, and family. We'll learn from each other, feel more connected, and we'll explore ways to design a life you love. So what are you waiting for? Keep listening for tips, tricks, and fun facts about feeling good, looking good, and living better. And don't forget to bring a snack. This is a Side of Syrup podcast. Hi, guys. I'm super pumped to bring you a friend of mine who quite honestly got to know me before I even knew myself. Um, Tam, I'm I'm never going to say your full name because you're always Tam to me. Tam Young has, um, you know, been a part of my life since we were just, I feel, children living in New York City, discovering who we were, what we wanted to do. And she has really fostered a path in the creative world for herself that is unique and different, just like she is. And she knows how to take care of herself. And that's something that I've always looked up to her to teach me all of the ways of how she does it. So a little bit more of her background, Tam has a lifetime of experience in fostering community, developing meaningful relationships and creating experiences. She is the proud founder and owner of Consign Couture, a company started in 2011. I can't believe she's been doing it this long. Um, Tam is called Portland her home most of her life. Uh, and she has a love of both consignment and quality designer fashion running through her veins. And it's so true if you would see her wardrobe and just her level of taste. Um, though her career experience ranges from sales management for a global advertising company to commercial styling on photo shoots for large retailers. Secondhand retail has been a constant through Tam's life that she's used to build community and create these meaningful experiences for women and also be a champion of sustainable fashion. She's probably one of the first to naturally do it before it even became trendy. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to our conversation, to learn more about Tam and her business and her passion and see what we can all be doing in our own lives to you know, reduce the fashion footprint and, you know, support businesses like hers who have amazing inventory. Um, So can't wait for you to listen in and learn more about my Tam. Hi, Tam. Welcome to A Side of Syrup podcast. I'm thrilled you are here. Um, I just will tell our listeners a little brief bit about how we know each other. And then we'll go into all about you um, because you have a fascinating story and a fascinating life. Um, So, okay. I don't even remember what year. Was it in the 90s? Was it in the early 2000s? I was hoping you'd remember because I was just in New York and I tell people I was there like 15 years ago and then 12 and then 20. Right? I'm, you know, it's around then. Uh, Between 14 and 20 years ago. So that would be like early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, it feels I mean, I know I was not 21 years old and everyone else was um and I had Oh, a, that's right. Had a glorious fake ID from I'm not kidding the town like right next door to where I currently live. Um but anyway. Uh so Tam and I met 
we were in New York City, we were living in the NYU dorms, and we yes. randomly got put together as roommates. Um, I think there were four of us. There were. Yeah. Um, you, me, and one other keep in touch. The other yes. one was, um, you know, doing her own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Always was. Always was. Always with a boyfriend uh, who was kind of our fifth roommate. Um, anyway, uh, but we, you know, just all kind of hit it off in New York City in the summer as, you know, as the youth do of just, you know, having fun, going out to dinner, walking around, just enjoying and getting to know each other and, and the city. And uh, one of my favorite memories is Tam is an amazing photographer. And like we went to Central Park, and he took these like gorgeous pictures of me. And I was like, oh, so they live in like memory of like that magical summer, like forever. That was like the cloisters, right? Yeah. I've never been back since. That was the magical place. And yeah. I've never gotten to go back. I've never been back either. I wish we had those photos still. I don't. I know. I know. I had like, I feel like at one point you had given me some and like we've moved so many times. I know. I don't have them. And I just yeah. remember like, well, we have our memories. So By the way. we'll take that. Um, but since however long ago, 14 years ago, 20 years ago, 16 years ago, a lot of time has passed and you have gone on to go back home to Portland and I call it an empire you were building. Um, and I'd love to know, like, you know, in your own words, like tell everybody your story of how you got from a New York City summer to you know, running a thriving business in Portland. Hmm. Well, that is the, I think the interesting part of the story, because everything else is pretty same to everyone wants to have their own thing, right? In the world. Like a lot of people think it's pretty sexy to own your own business. But the truth is, I think I just like to work. And I think that I could do any number of businesses based on the way that I am, and consignment ended up just kind of finding me. Um, and I put a lot of my skills that I enjoy doing um, slowly together over the years, which is like photography, team building, community building, and um, just authentic connections between people. And somehow the consignment business just really worked for all of those things. Um. I went into marketing um, right after I moved back from New York City, and it was not sexy, but I just kind of figured it out, like built teams for this company I worked in that I don't even think exists anymore. Um, did that for nine years and saved money and bought a commercial building, which I didn't know what I was going to do with that. And I ended up opening up my first store there. Um, you get the idea to do the store. Um, it was my mom. I, I've, I don't know if this was like happening when I lived with you in New York, but I really enjoy organizing people's closets. You probably looked at um, or like this girl. I'm just me. kind of into that. It's been a somehow an ingrained into me. And I and so because of that, and I 
my grandmother taught me how to shop um, like for like quality. She like taught me how to like understand brands and, and then my mom taught me how to look for deals. Those are the two women that kind of trained me how to shop. And then when we lived on um, in California, when I was in my youth, I start, we lived on a golf course and I started my first resale business, which was like taking golf balls that came into our yard and putting them in egg crates and selling them on the side of the course on weekends. And so it was just sort of in my blood to do take old stuff and resell it. (laughs) So that with organizing closets, I told my mom I was going to quit my job because I felt like what it was turning into was sort of a, um, I was basically just firing people that didn't know how to like get their information as quick as they needed to. So the company was just like having me fire, fire, fire people. And that doesn't that feel felt, like that was rough. And I just decided to quit without really a plan. And I told my mom, we were at the spaghetti factory and she came up with the idea and within two weeks, I just was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Got a website, got a logo, opened up shop, and the rest is history. That's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. You just like took that chance. You were like, this is all of my skill sets combined. And I'm just going to do this. I mean, do you think it helped already having an established community in Portland? Or did you make so much more community based on the stores? I made still I made a lot of community. I think when you own a business, one of the fun parts of it and why everyone wants to have that is um people find you, like-minded people find you. And so it's really easy. I've developed, you know, like tons of friendships and connections through just doing what I like living my truth, you know. But um I don't think I thought a ton about it when I opened. I didn't, I I think what kind of helped me in keeping my business and growing it and transitioning through all the different ups and downs that happen is um, I don't overthink things. Mm. And that's sometimes hard in some ways because I'll just like, let's do this now. And then everybody does it and they're like, oh, wait, never mind. Let's do something else. And it can really work for you or not. But I think that's really the key to also owning a business. People that get stuck in analysis paralysis, you just sort of, you think about things instead of doing them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also like when you're working in a corporate environment, it's also like, what's this person going to think? What's their boss going to think? What is this mm-hmm. client going to think? What's this partner going to think? And it's like, you're so stuck in a box and like staying neutral you can't just like throw something on the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah. 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 Not a lot of flexibility there. And I mean, I also think it's probably, it, you came up with the business around the time where like people were starting to be like, you know what? I'm not going to buy fast fashion. It's really wasteful. That actually came about four years into me opening consignment. I thought it was super weird. Yeah. I felt I always like to take old stuff and like make it, you know, garage sales, golf balls. But yeah. then what was really interesting to me was to see like this whole trend in resale and consignment, which is awesome. I totally am happy about the trend, but yeah. it was interesting for me to see how so many other resale stores and consignment stores were immediately like 
marketing based on that. Yeah. They didn't actually open because of that. And so I try to like be true. I opened because I loved that. And then that became a perk, like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, let's try to, um, I think I was just always already doing that. I wasn't, I, I never was a consumer of fast fashion, but it was very interesting that it did become like a trend. And I think it was about 2000, 2015 is when stuff marketing really started happening about fast fashion. Yeah. 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 It was interesting. I worked, um, ages ago on a, on a client and it was a specific material and they were one of the first people to start talking about like eco-friendly fashion or, you know, like let's reuse this material and, and make it into something new. And I remember going out to reporters of like high end fashion magazines and almost getting laughed out of the room. Uh, like mm-hmm. why would anyone do that? You know, mm-hmm. like that, seems so silly. You can just buy something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I remember it just like being like a, a huge struggle of like, okay, like how, how do we tell the story in an interesting way? But it was like, it was a movement that was happening before like consumer culture was really ready for it. And then mm-hmm. when consumers were, they were ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a, amazing that your business was already established, already set up in the community. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm really grateful for people's interest and desire to learn how to be better stewards of the Earth's resources in general. But the thing that still kills me is that we opened a store in the mall this year, and that's been really fun. Yeah, um, but the the consumerism for like still this ingrained in the brain of like the forever 21 and Zara's and even half of Nordstrom's inventory now is fast fashion to me. It's so, cause it's, they had to cut costs cause of they have to continue to be profitable so they can stay open. Um, it's just interesting that there's still so many people that do buy it and want it cause it wouldn't, they wouldn't be open if, you know, and not to, um, be, I don't know what the word is, but I guess judgmental of moms that have three children that want to go out to the afternoon and shop and that's what their girls like. And that's fun. And it's affordable, accessible, you know, it's like, that's what they've grown up knowing. It's like shirts are $10 or $5 or they're expensive. And anyways, that's still a whole journey of the world. I'm I, I hope that we can um, overcome in my lifetime. It's just understanding like you don't need 50 shirts that are $5. You could have like five. Totally. It, it's interesting because um, when I first started dating my husband, one of his favorite memories was going in my closet and taking out, it makes him sound like a, a a, a dick, but he's not. Um, he's like, so great, by the way. He was really helpful to Nathan. So I meant to tell you that when we talked today. Yeah. I was like, he's like the nicest guy. Um, the nicest guy. But when he went through my closet and he was like, this is terrible. Get rid of this. It's not flattering. He's my people. Yes. Yes. And he was like, keep what you love. And it's taken me even to a 10 years now, like into this point when I was coming out of maternity leave 
and I was going through my closet. I'm like, I haven't worn this in years. And I now have like a capsule wardrobe. Like I have got white, gray, black, pink, and like a teal. Those are my only color shirts. That's it. Um, and I only have a couple and they fit on a rack and it's really all I need. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's a little bit more freeing because, you know, I actually don't have that paralysis in making a decision about outfits. Like there are too many. I, I'm still like yeah. five minutes and pick something, but now it's just like, this is what I wear. And like, yeah, if the shirt gets stained or whatever, I will go get a, another one. But like, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm going to this, to this wedding or this birthday party and I need a new shirt or I need this mm -hmm. new, like mm -hmm. sort of like let go of that need. It's, it's actually quite freeing. Yeah. I, one of the things that has drawn me to the work of working with women in their closets and just talking about it in general is, um, if you can start your day from a place where your closet, whether it's a capsule wardrobe or not, at least it's organized and everything in there doesn't have a story about not fitting you or being an old version of yourself. It is just really great to start your day where you can be like, I can wear this, I can wear this. And I, um, I think that whether or not you like a lot of clothes or, you know, a capsule wardrobe, the decision the amount of decisions you make in a day to have your clothes just be something that's not like hard for you yeah. is really kind of transformative for women. Cause you would not believe that that is usually typically such a, such a stress for women is like, they don't know what to wear or what their closet, they don't wear like 90% of it. So yeah. So you bring up a good point though of like I didn't really think of like there's emotions tied to what's in your closet. Yeah. 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 Something can make you feel great or something like that was a bad night and I'll never wear that again. Totally. Um I've gone through some I've gone through a pretty couple of big breakups and after the fact, I'm like, all new clothes. I don't want to remember anything about my life with that person. So I'm getting new clothes at my used clothing store. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so then how many stores do you have now? Two. I have two. Yeah. I've transitioned in some different neighborhoods. Yeah. I've done different, all sorts of, I love trying new things. I love throwing things at the wall and being like, does that work? Does that work? And yeah. um, the pandemic gave me a really good chance to really think about how I wanted to do things. And, um, I feel like it's our best version yet that I've ever been able to to do in our business. So do you think your business, like, is it always an in-person business or is it an online business or do people need to like be there with the clothes? That's a great question. I, we do online just because we like to be able to share a portion of our inventory, what we have on in our stores. Um, but I think it's really great when you own a business, if you can do it the way that feels like how you want to shop or how, what you believe in, like, and I know that everybody, you know, would push, you got to do more online, got to do more online. And that's definitely something I'm slowly learning about, but we just love the, the types of stuff you can find when you, when you've got vintage couture or even just 
regular run-of-the-mill Nordstrom nice made five years ago, but you're excited to find it. There's something about touching it, looking at it. Um, The sizes, like they range and use clothes so much, like a two could be, you know, a a zero or a 14 could be a 10. And so I really, really enjoy having stores where people can connect to other people. And that's kind of my driving force is just creating connections and trying to be um, finding inspiration through connect, like being in the presence of other people. The online sale, it's like, I love it when we can sell something to an existing client yeah. and they moved away and they can still shop with us. Like that's fun, but it doesn't, I don't get a lot out of that sale. Yeah, totally. It's a, that's transaction. Yeah. 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 And I think as we're all, you know, back to normal-ish life again, it's like having an experience and, you know, I I know he, here, especially in the community where I'm at, there's so many small businesses and want to support them all. And, and Portland is community itself. Like, it's just got to be great to walk into a store, feel welcomed, know you're being taken care of and and know that like, you're not in it for the sale. You're in it for the person and, and how could you help them? And if you've got someone in who love their experience, they're going to bring back more, more friends, more people like this is probably such a great word of mouth. Yeah, it is. And I, I've I've always done something a little bit different where we we try to meet people where they're at that day. So we're not going to be like, hi, want to buy this? Want to buy that? We just got this in. Yeah. We're not a hard sale. We're like, hey, somebody could have just gotten back some bad news from the doctor and they want to shop by themselves and they don't want to talk to anybody. Um, There's still connection in that, though. There is. There is. And that's so welcome because I... (laughs) I'm a very big introvert and, and to go to a store and there's like one store in particular where my parents live, you, you walk in and they're like, hi, can I hold that for you? Do you need a room? What's your name? And I'm always like, you just want to leave. Yeah. Yeah. So many times I have had an armful of things and I just put it back Mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, I I can't do that. That's a lot of pressure. Um, you know, and you want, you know, whether it is, you know, our age or the, you know, the next generation, like they're all about experiences and how do you take that and make not a, I don't want to say special because not everyone is. I mean, honestly, people are craving like actual connection with other people. And so instead of this like force, like, let me take your stuff. What else do you want to buy? Like, we're actually interested in like, what's going to look, good on you. We're, we're not actually like interested in what's going to make us money because if we're actually like connecting to people, our business will be just fine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what people need and what people are craving and you're just, you're serving that need in like the most naturalistic way. It's, it's beautiful. Um, you know, I, I do want to ask you some questions about you though. I mean, creating like creating your business and, you know, sort of like figure out how it works, what works, what locations work. Like that takes up a lot of time. Like how do you like take a minute and like take care of yourself? Oh, I'm actually pretty good at that. 
Okay, good. <laughs> Tell me everything. Tell me everything. So um, over the years, it was not easy. My first five, six years in business, I made a lot of yeah, just it, it. I needed it. I needed the journey. Um, I made just tons and tons and tons of mistakes that were all worth it. That led me to making more mistakes. And then honestly, the pandemic happened and I, I feel um, really grateful for the way that I switched gears and actually listened to my gut and um, kind of, I met my fiance, actually, we get married in a month and a half and we, I met him three years ago next week. And I think that I actually started learning how to listen to my gut when I met him. I think I just really took self-care and personal development to an entire new level because of being matched with someone where you're just in this like safe bubble of understanding yourself. And in that you learn how to love yourself so much better. And the pandemic gave me time to like literally close up shop. Like I closed up, I left a neighborhood I wasn't enjoying being in, um, developed an entirely new like thought process about my business. And I did something that I will never forget. I moved everything into an apartment because I was like, I'm going to be open, but I'm not going to be open to the public because what was going on was crazy. And it was frustrating as a small business owner, depending on where you're at and depending on what industry you're at. I was actually shamed and told to stay home because of government will be handing me money. And I don't, you know, and I get it. I was not like fraternizing with people, but I was going into work because what do people that their livelihood is dependent on pay leases and you're like, okay, so I'm going to sit at home for a year by my, like, you know, I'll literally go bankrupt. Yeah. Um, But what I did do is I found like a happy medium and I moved my stuff into an apartment. I opened up for appointment only and it was an old vintage apartment. And I wanted to ask myself, do I really need to do this anymore? Like, do I want to do this? Because I was at a place in my life because of other things that I do. Um, I have several other businesses that are small, but they're enough to where my livelihood is not dependent on consigned couture, which was a game changer for me. Um, I, I own a few properties that I manage, and then I also am an Airbnb host. And I was able to sit out the the consigned couture thing for almost six months and just really think about if I wanted to do it. And yeah. I developed a... I let go of a lot of things that I thought were other people's ideas and other people's putting on me or whatever. And I allowed all that. And I realized in my not knowing what I felt like I wanted to do, I allowed other people to kind of control my narrative of my business. And I just magically found this place. um, And it was not super nice, but it was enough. And customers just found me out of the blue. Like they came, they made an effort. And it was that experience of sitting there in that apartment, not knowing if I was going to keep going. And the customers that sort of were just like finding me and being like, 
please keep going. <laughs> like we like, we like shopping here yeah. um, and just watching that. And I just gave myself this promise, like just go, go at it slowly, like watch what happens and don't have any expectations of it, it going on or not. And I've had the same bookkeeper for five years and we actually had a call plan to decide to close the business. And I was like waiting for her call because she was going to tell me how to emotionally handle it. Because I was like, I don't want to keep doing this like roller coaster during the pandemic. Like I want to know what I'm going to be doing. Yep. And our call kept getting postponed and then something happened and I was like, I don't want to quit this. And I found a place in Multnomah Village, which is about three minutes from where we live. Mm-hmm. And it's across the street from the apartment that I rented. And it was everything I could have asked for in a spot. It was the perfect size. It was the perfect landlord. It was the, the greatest community that we've ever been in. And I just found this like sweet spot. Yeah. And um immediately just started growing again. And I've consecutively since the day, it was about a year now since we signed that lease, a year and a month, that um, I took everything I learned the first 10 years of owning the business. And I feel like I'm actually running the business I always have dreamed of. Like I literally walk into work every day and I just feel like super grateful. And that's, I don't know if that's the question you asked me, but that's kind of like where I got where I'm at now, you know, I was about ready to sign up, you know, sign off and say no thanks. And now it's, I love my team and I have the largest team I've ever had. And I have people that help me with the stuff that drags you down as a small business owner. So I just really get to love it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's freedom and, you know, I think a lot of us like try and fail and fail and try. And what what's the, I don't know, like the Silicon Valley, like fail, 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 win. Um, and it's, it's just like getting to that moment where like you're comfortable and you're happy and you're doing what you're supposed to do. Like the path is never a straight line. And I think so many people have this like facade of like, oh, well, she's really successful. Um, but it took a while to get there. It took a while to get to that place, to, to find your team, to find the location, to take that, that minute. So you could take a break and change how your business is being run. The biggest thing that I learned in the pandemic was I was, it's, it's, I did some business coaching that allowed me to align better to myself. And in doing that, I learned that I was setting up different types of agreements with people that created this like very difficult cycle that I could never fulfill. And so I never felt like I was enough, could never get enough, be enough. And I was doing too much setting up relationships with people where I was giving away too much of myself. And then I finally learned how to stop doing that. And, um, the business coaching was like, I don't know, she's, she saved me. So yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. And now you're at this place where like, you're getting married in a month and I'm sure you can actually like breathe mm-hmm. a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're really excited about like the choices that we've made that got us to be 
where we're at. And our, our wedding got postponed a couple of times, not, not anything like super planned, but we're really grateful that it didn't happen when it was supposed to, because we've done all this stuff together now that feels like it's really fun to get married after going through these different challenges and having that experience. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And it's, I think it's like, okay for people to realize they can take a break. Like I, there's been so many layoffs lately of big corporations and scrolling through Instagram, there's been like these, like, I don't know, like women's groups that I follow. And there was one and it was like a, like a three page, like slide of like, if you've gotten laid off today, here's what you do tomorrow. Here's what you do in a week. And here's what you do in a month. And none of those are look for a job. Hmm. It is like, cry, get your emotions out. Don't worry about anything. Then check in on your finances, see like how long you can last. And then a month later, like start thinking about where you want to go, what you want to do. And I think we all got to hit a pause button in life. But I think now like the ramifications of all that are still happening. And it's like, everyone's Mm -hmm. got this chance to like, hit pause in their own life and be like, is this for me? Is this not for me? Is this person serving me anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, because there is a chance of like being actually happy instead of yeah. fantasizing about it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I agree. You know what? I realized I forgot to answer. You asked me a question about like what I do. Self-care. Did you ask what? me a question? About self-care yeah, yeah. And then- How do you take those moments for yourself? Like, cause you're busy. <laughs> You know, my fiance is like the most in the moment person I've ever met. He's, he's like a dog. Not, not, I don't know, mean that like bad, but it's like when you're with him, you are in a warp of like, the stuff just doesn't matter. Like what matters is connection and develop and like experiencing time together. And honestly, he changed my life because I have an incredible work-life balance. I hit the ground hard like three and a half days a week. And then I have two and a half days off. And even in the days that I hit it hard, it's full of stuff that refuels me, that I get excited about. Like yesterday I had a marathon crazy day. And I told my staff, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be weird today. And I may not make a lot of sense. And I'm, and then I texted a couple of them at nine o'clock at night. I was like, I'm sorry if I was a little weird. Yeah. And they're like, you get stuff done. We don't mind. Like, we love it when you, you know. And so my self-care is random, but I think a lot of it just has to do with like actually spending quality time with people and not worrying about all this programming scheduling everything, little detail, just, you got to have a, I don't know. I don't feel that busy at all. And I'm also addicted to my infrared sauna. I go in it every day and I spend 45 minutes. It's actually right here. That's like in my office behind those clothes. That is a dream, Tam. That is a dream. I go in every day and I just do we have this weird yoga room where we play with the dog and I don't know. I just feel really lucky to have figured out the routine that works for my brain, my ADHD brain, which needs a lot of downtime. 
Yeah. But I think it's important too. like, everybody has their own things that work. Like I would love an infrared sauna. I don't know if I would use it every day, but I'd love that option. But like for me, like taking a Pilates class with like weights, like a very one that's going to like make your body shake. Like Mm. that's the thing that I could do every day. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's important to find those things. I think a lot of people don't, they, they do like a lot of trial and error or they stick with something for like a month, but then they drop it. Cause then it's like, Oh, I got too busy or, you know, like I just too much going on. I can't worry about this. But like, if you're committing, you're like, my work is from A to C every week. And then the rest of the time is my time. Yeah. It also comes down to really knowing how to prioritize yourself and you people just have such a hard time doing that. And I don't blame them. Like, cause life gets very hectic. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you like do your days where you're at work? Are you in like this, like a super deep focused state? Or are you in the stores? Like, how does that work? Honestly, where I'm at now, I have this, the most incredible team I've ever had. I have a store manager. I have a marketing manager. I have an admin randomly that my marketing manager's sister graduated college. And she's like, can I work there? And I'm like, maybe. And then I put her in some roles and I'm like, okay, you're going to be my new assistant. And they, I check in with them every morning and they run the stuff. And I try to develop relationships with people. I do a lot of um, in-person and Zoom calls with people that want to consign things, sort of like a mini version of like luxury concierge. And I do, I still clean toilets and take trash out. And I just sort of make sure the staff, so like if my manager cannot connect with all of our people at that, we try to make sure all the employees know what they need to be doing, have a plan for the day, feel seen and heard. And then if my manager can't do that, I fill in the gaps. Okay. Um, and so it really just depends. I spend a lot of time on emails on Fridays. That's my office day, which is why this works great. Um, but that I do not have a schedule. I get to do something different every day, which is also really fun for me. Yeah. That probably fuels your creative side too. It does. Yeah. yeah. We got in the craziest collection we've ever gotten in this week. Literally we have to contact Sotheby's because yeah, it's, it made me insane. Um, it's the most crazy luxury couture stuff we've ever gotten in. I can't even release it yet. So it's from this woman that found us on the internet. That is super interesting. I can't say who it is, but, um, celebrity and, lives in Oregon and we went out to her ranch and it, we were just like, Oh my God, like just freaking out. And we got back and we're researching it. And half of it, we had to move to a different section of the store to be like white gloves only This is vintage Dior that we need to like, like, yeah. So we, we all freaked out. We had a major freak out this week. It's like the most exciting stuff we've ever had in imagine some of the cool clothes that have to come in like yeah it is really fun part of the job for everybody and the stuff that just you know someone doesn't have a use of there it's been in their closet 
they bring it in and we're all like, oh my God, this is so cool. And they love that we enjoy it too. Yeah. And it's fun to sell it. Someone else can enjoy it, you know, someone that's actually use it. Totally. And it's like, it's like a piece of art just sitting there, but then someone can wear that beautiful art again. Yes. Oh gosh. Love. Um, so I guess I, I do have a question on the, the process then. Like, let's say not in my own closet <laughs> because it's been cleaned out and I didn't really have anything that was a beautiful resell. Um, although I have a white okay. dress hanging. Um, like how, how would like, if I have some friends in LA who I do have someone like a very fabulous closet and then let's say she's done with her things. Yeah. How did she, how would she like get in touch or how does it usually work when you find customers to, um, to, to give their stuff to the store? So if they live out of the area, they go to our website and there's an option in the contact page to inquire for us to like send a label to them. And, um, we usually do like a preliminary video chat with them, mm-hmm. with their stuff. Yeah. And I, myself, or one of my team members does that. And we just look at their things and make sure it's like, it's a good fit for us to sell it. Mm-hmm. And then we send them a prepaid label. They stick it on a box. They ship it to us. They get an online inventory link that they can see what's sold. And then they're paid out electronically once a month. Awesome. Okay. That's easy. It's super easy. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to send the link around to some folks. Um, Yes, I have a, a friend who works for a, a big pop star and she gets a lot of stuff. So yeah. some of it's a little ridiculous, but but also awesome. Like I wish I could wear yeah. it on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my life at home with three kids doesn't really allow me to wear a lot of like pink feather boas or leopard I print. Know. But I could. Or because- yeah, I could. I could change the game here. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I have one more question for you that I ask every guest. Um, if you had a button to do one thing for you in your life, you can, have, uh-huh. you can take the button anywhere, anytime, press that button. What would it do? Um, well, so you asked me that in an email and I put, and I asked Nathan, I was like, what do you think? because I was like, I don't know. There's a lot of things I would press a button and want because I'm a maximalist. And he said, you know what it would be? You would immediately transport to the ocean because I was born there, Half Moon Bay. I'm like the sound, the smell, the feel is very grounding to me. So I get overstimulated easily and the ocean just settles that uh, everything. Yeah. It's like a reset button. Yes, that's yeah. what it is all, for me. Yeah, all the senses. I love that. Now I'd like to go to the beach. <laughs> you live closer. Oh, we both. Where do you live in LA? Like West Hollywood? Yeah. Well, we moved now. We're in the valley. Oh. Uh, Lavasas? Yeah. Um, so we're, I mean, it's not, it's not far. It takes 20 minutes to get to Santa Monica, you know? Okay. Not, it's not far at all. Um, but it's in Studio City, outside of Studio City. So, you know. Cool. Um, but, but yeah. So, uh, actually, my son has been asking to go to the beach all week. So, 
it will happen and I'll, I'll send you some pictures or maybe, maybe I'll just send you like, I'll record the waves. Uh, yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, um, I, I know we talked a little bit about, you know, how the process works, but if you could share with everyone, um, how to find you guys on social and, and list your website, I will have, um, this listed out in the show notes as well. So everyone can just click on the link, but if you can just tell everyone where to find you. Yeah, it's just consign couture, one word, C-O-N-S-I-G-N-C-O-U-T-U-R-E on Instagram. And then website is consign-couture.com. Awesome. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Tam, for joining today. We all learned so much. And can I also have that short of a work week? Like, how do I make that happen? How do we all make that happen and really carve out that time for ourselves when things get to be too much? Um, if you guys want to learn more about Tam and her business, just go to the website, consigncouture.com, C-O-N-S-I-G-N-C-O-U-T-U-R-E.com. Really great Instagram follow, FYI. Uh, also at Consign Couture uh, on Instagram, no dash. C-O-N-S-I-G-N-C-O-U-T-U-R-E. Fantastic. I can't wait to maybe fly up to Portland and see the new collection that um, Tam can't really talk about because I am dying to see what it looks like. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us again, Tam, and looking forward to the next time we chat and shop and hang out. hope you enjoyed this episode of a side of syrup if you love this episode as much as i did head on over and rate and review and subscribe so you never miss the next one also you know someone who would love this episode or podcast in general send it to them too thank you new episodes go up on tuesdays thanks for tuning in i can't wait to hang out with you again soon